Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I'm a female leader in sports. I'm the general manager of a AAA baseball team in minor league baseball, and I'm the first woman to hold this title in nearly 20 years. And I'm here with the Leadership is Female podcast to make sure that this amount of time never goes by again before another woman leads. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here to interview successful women in sport to uncover opportunity, learn the tips, learn from our mistakes, learn from our successes to get you to the top faster. Join me and my guests week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. I will lead her forward because leadership is female. On this episode of Leadership is Female, please join me in welcoming Mary Lou McFarlane. Mary Lou is the CEO of Women in Sports Tech. Women in Sports Tech has a staff, board, and advisory board of passionate volunteers, including a determined high school student who inspired the launch of Women in Sports Tech Next Gen. Professionals in their first jobs and many of the most accomplished women and men in our sports industry. We are product engineers, sports scientists, data analysts, developers, startup veterans, educators, and marketers with a common purpose to hashtag change the ratio for women in our industry. Who are the women and male allies who should get involved in women in sports tech? Spoiler alert, all of us. The sports landscape is changing, and we are all relying on technology to get our jobs done better, faster, and more accurately. From digital marketing to player analysis to statistics at our fingertips, fan engagement metrics, we are using data and tech in our sports careers each and every day. I believe one of the best ways to skill up in the sports industry is to lean in and learn how tech can make your sports business better. Mary Lou joins us today to talk about, you guessed it, technology, but also shares with us the power of role models, the power of making a difference in one person's life, and how male allies can better support their female colleagues. Mary Lou offers so much perspective. This episode is a must listen. I took pages of notes and really opened my eyes to the possibilities technology can provide us in our sports careers. Grab a coffee, a pen, paper, and tune into this episode to skill up. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast, Mary Lou McFarlane, founder, CEO, and chair emeritus of Women in Sports Tech. So happy to have you. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Emily, for having me. My pleasure. So I want to start off by having you tell the audience who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Okay, so let's see if I'll do a short version for you just to kick us off, but I'm super excited that you're so interested and passionate in what we're doing at Women in Sports Tech, which we call WIST, and I will look forward to telling you more about that. So how did I get here, and, and really how did I get to a point where I founded WIST about three years ago? Um, I had worked in CBS and in, in more of a what you would call a normal business career in media for the first half of my career. Um, but I had these young daughters who were teenagers at the time, and 
there was no support for them to continue to play their sports. I mean, they had me and I had been their coach as a kid, but um, I just became more and more aware that I had my entrepreneurial seizure, I guess you would call it, was that I was driven to create this community called Vivo Girl Sports. And it was an online, it was one, it was the first of its kind in terms of businesses that were completely developed to encourage um, continued sports participation by teenage girls by creating an online resource of information from them from everything about sports psychology to or uh, you know questions they had about OB, you know their periods and OBGYN and things that we knew could um, just simple questions that if we addressed for them we knew that they would be encouraged by our community to keep playing sports so that was my first sports tech startup and from there, I really got the bug. And I ended up, after we sold that company after two years, I ended up in a variety of sports tech startup leadership roles. Um, and when we sold the last one, where I was CEO of a business called Edify, which is now called Coach Now, um, I had been aware that I was the only woman in the room meant for weeks on end, other than the CFO that I had hired myself. So I was really driven once again to create, to just to found something that would solve for a problem, which was this amazing business of sports tech. So there were many, many enlightened white men that I would interact with who would like to have found a way to identify and hire more women to their businesses. And then also I would meet these incredible young women, Emily, who would see my career in these really super cool and interesting sports tech startups and say, what is sports tech? How do I even get into that? So created Women in Sports Tech about three years ago. And our mission is to drive growth opportunities for women at all stages of their careers in this business. And that's kind of brought me to where I am today. It's such a great story. You're identifying a need in the market, serving a need for, for women. And it's something that we, you know, passion we share, like how do we elevate women together and um, open both our eyes to the opportunity and open the eyes of um, those around us that we are available, ready to work and uh, that your next all-star is out there. And so I want to dig in more to women in sports tech. On this podcast, we've interviewed several women who work in sports tech, and then also a lot of women who work in the front office. And no matter if you're in a front office, you're using technology day-to-day to get the job done, to understand your fans and elevate the business. And if you're working in sports tech, you're sort of that problem solver for those front offices. So there's a really cool intersection there. And I want to talk about first you, what are you working on right now? What's your day-to-day like in women in sports tech? Tell us how people can get involved. What's that mission? What's that vision? I've got so many questions uh, for you. So tell us more. Well, I am so proud of the work that our, essentially we've had this ninja army of volunteers over the last three years that have created these programs that have just completely exploded recently. We also have had an extraordinary growth in uh, corporate partners who support what we do. And I'll tell you, you know, some of them in a minute, but it's, it's become to the point that um, the programs can't continue to run with just volunteers. So I just shared with you, I'm actually moving for the, to be the first full-time employee of WIST, which I'm super excited about. And our kind of flagship 
initiative is the WIS Fellowship Program. So we offer $5,000 grants for college and grad students to get meaningful summer internship experience in a variety of sports tech, you know, businesses and startups. You know, I could tell you we're, we have a very big tent when it comes to what we describe as sports tech, which I could tell you more about. Um, I'd love everyone to understand all the different categories of sports tech, but we've had, you know, we had a record number of students apply. This application, um, applications were due this past Sunday the 28th. We had over a hundred applications for these positions. Last year, we offered 15 grants. And these students, we don't just give them the grant and send them on their way. We, we, it's very immersive. We offer them each a mentor. Um, we have ongoing Zoom sessions. Well, Zoom, hopefully in one, at one point we'll have in-person meetings again, but we offer Zoom sessions where we can coach them up on a variety of things, share our own journeys with them so that they understand we've all faced hurdles and, and how do we work together and kind of combine best practices of how to get through, you know, times that that may feel bumpy or messy. Um, so we love the WIS Fellowship Program. I think for, in many cases, that summer internship experience that a young woman can get can absolutely change their trajectory of their career. Um, just one role model, one mentor, you know, businesses that we know want to hire diverse, underrepresented people to join their teams. So the WIS Fellowship Program has been phenomenal. Um, when you ask about my day-to-day, -day, it's, it's I'm, I'm, a master, I, I'm a master plate spinner to a point where right now I feel like it's a little, it's, it's actually even challenging to me to keep all the things going that are happening right now. But this is where, you know, luckily my multitasking gene, I think a lot of us women are able to do that. But throughout the day, I also focus quite heavily on our WIS Next Gen program, which is content that is delivered, that we have created and delivered to high school and middle school girls so that they are introduced to the wide array of career opportunities in sports to encourage their continued participation in their STEAM studies and their continued participation in sports. So for me, it's a bit full circle, right? Back to what I did with Vivo, that you know, many girls drop out of sports by the time they're 13. They don't have anyone who's encouraging them towards their science and math and you know, robotics and all the super cool things that frankly, I would have loved as a high school student, but no one encouraged me towards that. So we have created WIS Next Gen, which is just an exciting um, program and new initiative for us. And then I would say the other biggest uh, thing I spend my time on now that's relevant for, the, for our audience is our WIS Network has launched. And it is a the single source where women and underrepresented minority groups can find open roles and job opportunities with businesses that are deliberately seeking to diversify their own pipelines of talent and um, trying to actively trying to improve their culture to improve retention. You know, it's it's one thing to just to check a box that you've hired a woman and think you're all set and you've done your duty for diversity, but we know that's not how it works. Um, being the lonely only on the team is, is never fun for that person. I don't care what the minority group is. So the, this WIS network is populated now. It's wisnetwork.org. There are many, many job openings. Um, we just launched it. Um, so we welcome everyone to go make a member profile there because these employers are looking for them. 
Um, so I would say for the most part that, you know, working with our corporate partners, um, fielding all kinds of awesome speaking opportunities for me and our other, the rest of our leadership team in terms of being able to promote WIST. Um, very full, long days, but they're awesome. Like I just couldn't, I, I just find so much joy in this opportunity every day. It's, it's really wonderful. I mean, for our listeners who can't see you, you're radiating how excited <laughs> you are to be a, a part of this. And I mean, what that's one of the reasons why I think many of us choose sports because we want to have fun and have a fulfilling job as well. And you certainly have, have found that and created an incredible organization. One of the words that you mentioned a few times was mentorship. And there are, um, I can't tell you the number of times I've done, done a speech and, and talked about mentors or mentorship and in a couple of ways that you can find um, mentors or just have mentorship through admiration. So people that you like, just follow them. It doesn't mean you have to get a coffee with them on a regular basis or they need to solve your problems, but you can follow their career and their advice through all these great outlets in, in social media. But I want you to talk a little bit more about mentorship and the difference that you've seen it make for people involved uh, within your community. And then also, how can female leaders in sports right now get more involved in women in sports tech so that they can potentially serve as that mentor for the next generation? Fantastic. Well, let me, I'd like to take a step back too, to include, when we talk about mentorship, we also want to include the power of role models, right? To your point, I think that's what you're saying, like whether you can actually have a meaningful you know, hour long, in an ideal world, right? I would be mentoring all these young women that I meet regularly. And I, I frankly do the best I can because it's one of the favorite, my favorite things that I do is that. But I think having role models, we cannot underestimate the power of that. And just to step back to a bit of a story, you know, I, um, I grew up that kid who loved sports, loved soccer. It was my very, very favorite thing. This was, you know, I predate Mia Hamm and Julie Foudy and that whole group. There was no competitive soccer outlet for me as a kid. And so I ended up running track and running hurdles and, and became a runner. I ran for Carolina. But the having the role model and a mentor, and I was able to actually model it for my own daughters, right? I coached them when they were young kids in soccer. I was the only mom who coached. They got to see that, right? They got to see that women absolutely belong on this playing field and um, can be leaders. I ended up being president of the soccer club with an all male board, recruited a bunch of other women to join me. Um, but I think to have the role model in so many cases, I mean, if we even, Emily, if you and I just think ourselves, about people in our world who inspire us and are role models for us. Um, I just want to pay that forward all day long, you know, back to um, younger women coming up who may emulate what we've done in our careers and um, how can we support them. So your question about how can, you know, women who are already in the business help support now. In our WIS network, there is a category. You don't have to be job seeking to join this network. We deliberately call it the network for a reason because we there's an ability to check, are you looking, are you coming in as a mentee 
or would you be game to be a mentor? And we try to match those people with our Zoom fellows. Um, as we grow and build out our staff, it's something we would like to do, you know, make it even a bit more formalized in terms of just connecting, you know, for instance, Netta Tubatabay, who's our board chair, and she's the head of business intelligence for the San Jose Sharks. She's a total brilliant data science geek and data analytics person. And I admire that so much. Who can we, you know, introduce Netta to who would like to follow in her footsteps versus me, who's been more of a startup person focused in athlete player performance? You know, does that, who who does that particularly interest? So how can we do a a really good job as we grow here of really connecting those dots and making meaningful relationships in so many, creating meaningful relationships, I should say. In some ways, um, we've, I've laughed because I consider myself this anti at this point, you know, I'm this anti just trying to connect everyone, make new relationships, have everyone be able to learn from each other. And then when people, you know, on the younger stage of their career, ask what they can do for West, I say, just pay it forward. Just go bring five or 10 young women with you. Tell high school girls about our West Next Gen program, because this truly is a movement. You know, we're not, the the momentum is extraordinary and we are not taking our foot off the pedal at all. We're like, this is not a trend. This is like actually happening. So yeah, extend a hand back to lead her forward. I I imagine us sort of on this train and it's barreling down the tracks and the doors are open and there's these women with their arms reaching out, just grabbing other women to bring them on for the ride with us. A hundred percent. And we just have to keep, you know, keep the train running at full speed, Yes, but let everybody get on while we're running full speed and have everyone feel included because that's super important. Um, And and Emily, what I would add to that, that's something very, what I think is relatively unique about WIST is that we are women and men working together. So all day long, we welcome men as our allies because as of right now, it is mostly white men who are in the leadership roles and in positions of power. And, you know, we lead with love. We assume that these men do want to diversify their talent, their talent pipelines and their workforces. So how can we help them and bring them in and have them understand that we, we welcome them onto this train, right? So in fact, if you look at our community, it is 40% male. And that is just super exciting, right? So make it a little more obvious for us. How can men be better allies? What are some of the action Mm -hmm. items that they can do today to help diversify and equify women in leadership roles. And I often hear, you know, how do I, how do I get involved? What should I do when, after we say something like men, we need your voices too. We need you to be our ally, to come along for the ride. What, what are those action steps? Great question. Thank you so much for asking because there are specific things that men can do that some of the ideas, frankly, have come from our men that are in our network. You know, when you're invited to be on a panel, ask who else is on that panel. You know, if it is a mantel, which is the new term for, right? If it's an all white male panel, have you heard the term mantel yet? Um, you know, just, just, ref- just refuse to do that and say, look, there was a guy at Google who made, was making lots of money speaking on panels. And he, 
introduced, depending on the topic and the theme, he would take, give his seat up and say, I really recommend that you put, ask Emily or Mary Lou to be on this panel because it's gonna be a lot more interesting for your entire audience if you have diversity represented. So part of what we do at WIST is we offer um, you know, women and underrepresented minority groups, including people of color, to be on panels at conferences like CES, like South by, like MIT Sloan Sports, um, Sport Techie, you know, there does a number of events that we're now really solidifying a partnership with them to where they come to us and ask. So, and they're mostly men in leadership, but they know that they specifically can start there. That, that's the see it to be it, right? The more women can feel comfortable in these speaking engagements and on these panels, and the more men invite them and welcome them, the better that will be. Um, another really important way is to help us with our fundraising. You know, we are, in many cases, these men have, their as business leaders, they're building their building out their CSR team, which is something Nancy Hensley and the Stats Perform team have done, which is, I think, frankly, the model for how this should be done. Um, to build out a very specific CSR team, introduce your whole staff to what, you know, what that means to have an inclusive culture, make sure your whole staff is inviting their network of people, right? So as, as men encourage that, and they do that by writing a, you know, writing a check to WIST as a, as a corporate partner, making a donation, the vast majority of our money goes right back out into these summer internship programs, grants for college and grad students, um, all of the work that we do it with. So it's really multifold. And if, and if any of them have questions and want to get on board, we're all here for them. Any one of our board members, including myself, are more than happy to welcome in all of these business leaders to our community. You guys, we have a new website, leadershipisfemale.com. Please visit us and know that we are here to help get you to the top faster. Are you a career female looking for an edge? Are you looking for answers on how you can level up? Our purpose is to bring interviews with female leaders in sports each week through this podcast, Leadership is Female, so you can uncover opportunities, hear tips to elevate your career, Learn from our mistakes and successes so that you can get to the top faster. We're giving you all the advice we know now that we wish we knew then. We're extending a hand back to lead you forward. Let's go. Visit leadershipisfemale.com. Join our newsletter. Check out all the episodes of the podcast and stay tuned for more resources to lead you forward. Leadershipisfemale.com. Throughout this season of Leadership is Female, I've talked with several founders of the Pro Sports Assembly. I'm glad to become a founder too and invite you to join us at prosportsassembly.com. We are the association for people who work in professional sports. Our core purpose is the advancement of diverse and inclusive leadership. From finance to innovation, operations and sales to social responsibility, marketing, human resources, and analytics, the assembly aims to ensure pro sports has a diverse and talented pipeline to lead these efforts and more. Visit prosportsassembly.com to learn more. And I love what you said, that that first point, um, 
about the mantle. First of all, I've never heard that term and that's <laughs> hilarious, but what, what you're explaining is a selfless act. So sharing with a woman out of your own selfless nature. And this had come up recently for me, um, in, in conversation, somebody asked me, you know, what, what else can I do? What does it mean to, um, to support women? How, what else can I do? And I said, you know what, show up when nobody's watching. So don't worry about a quote in an article or a celebration on a specific day, but see something great that a woman does and celebrate it. And it can be at any time in any medium, we, you can put it on LinkedIn, you could post it on Instagram, you know, do that because you're proud of what she's accomplished. Um, and you want to show her example to somebody else. Yes. That's such a great way to look at it too. And, you know, I was going to tell you my, one of my favorite quotes, having been an athlete my whole life and just the work that I feel like I do at list, you know, day in and day out is, it's very much, um, I'll, I'll quote Anson Dorrance, who coached my daughters in soccer at, he's a 22-time national um, NCAA soccer champion coach at UNC. And his quote is, the vision of a champion is someone who is bent over, drenched in sweat at the point of exhaustion when no one else is watching. And that's to your point, like you're doing the work not for credit, not for glory, not for anything other than that the work must be done. Like you just feel completely committed to get to doing the work as your purpose in life. And whether it's training for the Olympics or training as I am now, I feel to build an infrastructure for WIS to just keep growing over, over time. And that's what, that's what we do every day. Speaking of doing the work, Talk to me a little bit about the different pillars within sports tech. I think you, you touched on that a little bit at the beginning of the interview, but I want to help women to identify um, what are those different, different lanes. And then a little bit about the, in the future of sports, where should professionals be investing their curiosity? Those are great questions. So we look at sports tech really broadly. And if you think about the sports business, Emily, at this point, every role in sports requires technology and, and innovation. Um, so we at WIST, and you can see this on our, West, on our website, um, on our homepage, how we've broken down essentially the categories just to get your audience's kind of juices flowing and thinking about where they might be drawn. There's athlete and player performance, right? And those technologies are largely right now around, if you think about it, um, how can we keep athletes healthy? How can we keep them from being injured? You know, technologies like Whoop, like Aura, um, all of these technologies now that, that we know can help athlete performance and they're good business. You know, what's happened too is venture capital has discovered that sports tech is actually a global and exploding business. And when you have two unicorns now, like we have with Whoop and Aura, for example, um, it just brings more money into the space and really lets all of these technologies and categories really flourish. So another one is fan player engagement. 
Um, so especially during COVID, think about how teams and leagues have been able to try and maintain their fan base and fan engagement and fan passion when we can't necessarily get to the venue itself in person. Um, there's media and entertainment, there's team and coach success. So I put these, you know, these are the categories that help um, NCAA or professional athletes just organize their lives, right? And how do you communicate with your coach when you may not be there in person? Um, uh, you know, venue and event innovation. So think about what's happening. Oracle is a new partner of ours at WIST and the things that they're doing to make smart venue, you know, make the hospitality experience better for everybody who's in attendance. That's a big and growing category. Another great example there is the Seattle Kraken, you know, working in that new um, stadium in Seattle that is all green. It's the first certified platinum green arena in the country. It's backed by Amazon. And that's just a perfect example of where sports tech and innovation is, is going. That also adds to, you know, climate, climate change concerns and how can we marry two things that we care so much about by, by you know, between the passion for sports and the passion for protecting the earth, they're doing amazing things there. Um, there's fantasy sports embedding, there's esports, and then there's the business of sports itself, you know, things that help, you know, um, as I mentioned, Netta, you know, people who are running intelligence and analytics and trying to optimize everything for their teams using the most current technology. So that's kind of an overview of what we consider to be sports technology. Um, and the second part of your question. Yeah, you got my mind just buzzing <laughs> over here. And so it leads into, you know, part two of that question was the future of sports and where professionals should be investing their curiosity so that we're ready to take on that next technology, can fully vet that next technology, can see the best areas where we can contribute and elevate our careers? Well, I've, I totally suggest that, that young women interested in this business, women at any age interested in this business, really follow your own passion. You know, what is your own favorite sport? Because there are technologies that 100% will appeal to you no matter what your particular passion is, whether you're a hockey fan or a baseball fan. Um, I have just... Um, I'm an advisor, but I've been consulting um, with the leadership team at a, a product called Mustard, which we named. I led the naming and branding of this business. That's an artificial intelligence and biomechanics platform that impacts pitching, right? So it, using 40 years of data from Tom House, who you uh, probably are familiar with, um, how do we in a simple mobile app, democratize access to elite level coaching that will actually prevent young pitchers from improper biomechanics that lead to Tommy John, for instance, or some other injuries. Wow. So honestly, it the array of opportunities is so vast that I really suggest, and look into your own heart in terms of do you feel like you're a startup person or do you feel like that just feels too ambiguous and chaotic and fast paced for you? In which case you can innovate and look for roles inside larger companies, right? That are already established. Um, and I think it is their distinct personality types, actually, you know, having worked in bureaucracies and, and corporate settings myself, I just know once I got into startups and I realized how fast we could move and how much impact we could have, how, 
horizontal our teams are, you know, there, there's not all these layers of um, kind of management that oftentimes don't even talk to each other. Um, but my daughter just got a job working at Nike as the global product marketing manager on the Nike Run Club and Nike Training Club apps. And she's a master at that and loves working inside. She was at, at Microsoft before. So she really thrives in that environment. And sometimes I think she has seen my startup work so much that she's also like, you know, that that looks a little, little bit too, not fast pace isn't the word, but, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty and chaos when you're in startups. And I think what I, one of my strengths is creating order out of chaos. Like, how do we take what our mission is? We've done that at WIST, right? You have an idea, you start, you know, you just throw it up against the wall and get really smart people around you to, to jump on the train with you. And it's remarkable the momentum you can have. You know, we did Vivo Girl Sports, Emily. We got a site up in six months that had Positive Coach Alliance and um, all of this content. We had a press pass to the Vancouver Olympics. We had $100,000 in sponsor revenue. And they people from ESPNW, who are still friends of mine, they called us after six months and were like, you know, how did you, we've been talking about this for three years inside ESPN and you've done it in six months. So you, that's a good example of just how innovative and how fast you can actually get to solutions when you're in more of a startup setting. It may be a little more stressful. Yes. <laughs> it's a little more stressful, but I enjoy it quite a bit myself. So. Yeah. And there's a couple of things that you said there that I just have to reiterate because the messages are so strong to follow your passion, look into your heart and just start. And I think oftentimes we're running, we're running really fast, which can be a great thing in terms of accomplishment, but make sure that you're also looking on the inside and that you're running in the right direction. There is as as Mary Lou's told us, so much opportunity. I mean, I hope your mind is buzzing as much as mine. Make sure you're picking the right thing. If you're not interested in a company like Mustard or Athlete um, Performance, are you more interested in fan engagement? Like, is that what gets you excited? Or have you loved sports betting and that gets you running? Like, think about what... Um, where your interests lie and start exploring and having those conversations. And the beautiful thing about that is Mary Lou has created a platform where you can have conversations to explore your curiosities in those areas. So this is just so much fun. And I, I've got to ask you a couple of personal questions because you've had so much success in your life and done so many cool things. Tell us about a hurdle that you've had to overcome and what kind of lessons can you share with us that, that you've learned from overcoming that obstacle? Well, Emily, thank you for saying that, that my career looks, you know, interesting or exciting because it is definitely what I want people to understand is it is not a straight line up. I mean, it's just, there, there are messy times where you feel like you failed. Sometimes you failed because you didn't know what you didn't know, which is fair, right? And we say fail forward fast. You know, have have courage to to jump in. Don't over and don't be paralyzed and overanalyze something. Sometimes you don't know, and there's not a clear right answer. So you just got to go. And then if that wasn't the right answer, learn from that. Quickly pivot. We call we call that learn and iterate. Right, learn and iterate for the next time. So, and then there will be times when there may be a perceived failure that in many cases 
especially for women up to this point, have, are, have been largely out of our control. Um, so one of the hurdles that I faced that I felt was, gosh, I never say insurmountable, but it sure felt insurmountable. And I would say I work really hard every day to have this not be a hurdle for other female founders. Um, so you remember, I started Vivo Girl Sports in 2009, in 2010, um, had no idea, first of all, that there was very little venture capital going into sports tech at that time. Next to no venture capital funding was going to female founders, less than 1%, much less a female founder over 40, which I was at the time, which is so ironic because I had all this business experience. I knew how to generate revenue. We checked all the boxes. We had 50,000 customers from all over the world. You know, and I had a venture capitalist just straight up say something to me that I don't I don't want to put it on this podcast because it was so blatant about their perception of female founders and women entering this business. You know, it was along the lines of it. This was easy. More women would do it. Right. Something like that to where you just don't know what to do with it at the time, you know, and and. So Vivo Girl Sports, we did sell it after two years. Was it a massive financial win for us and any of our investors? No, it wasn't. But was it an extraordinary psychic win? Did we all learn so much? Did we know that we kind of were one of the first ones to put this stake in the sand to support girls playing sports and continued, you know, there, there was at that point so little media coverage of female athletes, you know, so for my daughters to see role models in the media on TV, you know, we had a high school sports magazine come to our house every month for high school athletes. And there would be 83 boy athletes, boy players in this magazine and three or four girls. So was that a hurdle? It was a hurdle only that, that we were breaking ground. Like we just, we're kind of the first ones in to try to draw attention to this. Um, but to this day, I'll meet women, you know, younger than me around my age. We're now, you know, many of us in leadership roles who totally remember Vivo. They remember us from the USA house at the Vancouver Olympics. Olympians, you know, Angela Ruggiero, who's on our advisory board for WIST, totally remembers when Vivo was there. Um, so that was a long answer to say that, you know, there will be hurdles still as you encounter um, environments that aren't diverse yet, where the leader maybe isn't as enlightened as he will be. Um, because I believe that this is happening and it's like early adopters where, you know, we're on this curve now where so many business leaders get it. And then, you know, they're all, there will always probably be the people on flip phones who don't embrace technology, who don't embrace you know, current technology. And that's okay. That doesn't stop us from the progress that we're, that we're having. And do you think that it comes for you from an internal knowing, like you heard this pretty negative feedback, um, from, from an unenlightened leader, we can call him, but you persisted. So do you think it was that internal knowing of this is important, this is valuable, this is needed that helped you to keep going and make an impact? 100%, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, I kind of, per I perceive myself as a coach in that you just keep doing all that you can do to try to win, you know, to try to get the success. Those little, met you know, this, the steps of success are so important and you have to truly 
stop and appreciate the small wins along the way, right? The people that jump on the train with you. Um, no big change was created overnight. We know that. Um, and you just have to stay, if this is your purpose, and this is my purpose at this point in my life for sure, you just have to keep going, right? Have the courage because at the end of the day, it's what it's all about. Like I represent the women that came before me who didn't have the opportunity, had far less opportunity than I did because there was no Title IX. You know, I said I didn't have competitive soccer, but the truth is women five years, 10 years older than me did not have any opportunity to play sports. But I'm also fighting for my daughters and granddaughters and your daughter and granddaughter, everyone else, so that when they get to this, this place, um, there will be systems is not the right word, but, but processes and culture changes and things in place that are just natural, you know, to where you don't have to feel like you have to fight so hard, you know, for, for marginal gains. Cause they'll be, they'll be there. That's so beautiful. And I, I say so often success comes through serving others and Gosh, your passion is sending goosebumps down, down my arms and truly believe that when you, Mary Lou is chasing her dream and then her dream is also helping so many other people around her. And I think that's just incredible. You are such a light and I want you to just leave us today with two things, two last things, but the best advice for women to implement today so that we can level up tomorrow. What is something that we can take action on? Well, for sure, specific things. Join, go to womeninsportstech.org, join our network there. You'll get our newsletters. You'll find out what's going on in our community. We don't, we don't do too many newsletters, don't worry. Um, but we do inform you of upcoming events and webinars that we host so that you can join um, and learn about the different areas of sports tech. Much of the content of our webinars over the last year or so, it's all captured and lives on our website. So you can go back. Most of it is quite evergreen in terms of what's happening in the NFL or MBA or higher education or startups. Um, and then go make a member profile, you know, join, uh, Wisnetwork.org. That is a place where employers are looking for you. You will find jobs to apply for. Um, reach out, you know, to people on LinkedIn. Have the courage to reach out to people that you admire or respect on LinkedIn. Anyone that's on our WIS board or advisory board um, is going to be happy to hear from you and want to you know, do what they can to support you. And I just want to throw this back to you too, Emily, you're, you're quite humble yourself in being one of the few female, you know, coaches and um, business leaders in your, in baseball, right. And the work that you're doing, doing this podcast is extraordinary just to help, you know, get everybody fired up and feel like we're, you know, there is a giant community here of those of us who all want to just lift each other up and um, have courage to fail and uh, all those good things. So I'm grateful to you. And it's been so much fun to meet you through this process. Well, thank you. I appreciate your kind words so much. And I want to just for the people in the back who didn't hear what Mary Lou said, take action. 
There are so many resources out there. I mean, people are creating things. I, I created this podcast so that you can hear the tips and get advice from people who might be a step ahead of you. Mary Lou has created women in sports tech to help connect you to new opportunities and strengthen your networks. It's available. Open your eyes, pick your head up and take action. And let's go. go LFG, right? We say yes. that all Let's go. <laughs> yes. That could be your quote, LFG. LFG. Uh, but I know and, you have one other one. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have one other one you want to share with us. So I love finishing oh. the show with your favorite quote. So uh, let us hear it. Well, one of my new favorite people. People, and I try not to stalk her too hard on social media, but Alexi Pappas has written this book called Bravey. Are you familiar with it? Bravey, B-R-A-V-E-Y. And she's an Olympian. She's from the Bay Area and she's an Olympian. She ran the 10K representing Greece and she's written this phenomenal book. And I, she's, she's also a writer. She went to, she studied poetry in college and I think she ran for Dartmouth. But one of the things she says that I love is pay attention to your nerves if you feel nervous, it's a sign that a very big thing is unfolding. Be nervous for how good that thing can be. Wow. I love it. I love it. I'll have to link up uh, her book in the show notes so that everyone can take a read because that quote, oh boy, that's hitting me to my core. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing more about women in sports tech. It has been an absolute pleasure to speak with you today. And I hope you guys all go out and join. I will link it up in the show notes. And then Mary Lou, how can we stay in touch with you? Um, I think the best way is probably, you know, follow me and women in sports tech on social. Twitter is a great place. Um, Connect with me on LinkedIn. You know, I'm more than happy as as I can to it, find out more about what you'd like to do and maybe introduce you to someone who could be a role model and mentor for you. Um, but don't be shy. You know, we're we're all here for you. Wonderful. Well, thank you so so much. And I'm excited to see where this all goes, where this all grows. It's going to be a fun ride, that's for sure. Thank you so much, Emily. I really enjoyed the time. Nice to meet you. Let's get into the top four takeaways. Number one, the power of role models cannot be underestimated. If you didn't have one, be the role model you didn't have for someone else. Recruit women around you. Stand up and raise your hand. Think about who really inspires you and absorb as much as you can from that person. Seek role models for the different areas of your life. Number two, Welcome in male allies to your career who can support you on your journey. For the men, here's some ways you can help support women. If you are invited to a panel, ask who else is involved. Invite a female colleague or give up your seat to her. Help fundraise for women's groups and help share their work in your networks. Number three, follow your passion. Look into your own heart to find out exactly what that is. And number four, your career is not a straight line. Fail fast, learn, iterate, repeat to find your greatest success. Hey leaders, if you want to be in for a treat, definitely subscribe to the show if you have not done so already because we have so many amazing episodes coming up. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify, wherever you listen so you don't miss out. 
And if you leave us a review or post about me or tag Leadership is Female on your Instagram stories to talk about the show, we'll enter you into a giveaway. We're giving away something every single month. Some of my favorite things from my favorite work bag to my favorite sunglasses. Make sure that you spread the word and we will reward you for that. I'll also send you a personal thank you note and repost your comments and reviews. Last thing, did this episode bring you any insights, ideas, aha moments, anything you are inspired by? If so, take one second and share the link, post about it on your Instagram, text your friend, email, so many ways to share leadership is female. And if you do post about this show, again, don't forget to tag at Leadership is Female or at Emily Jansen or my awesome guest today, because knowing that this conversation made a difference for you means the world to us and we love to see it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus, and distributed by Anchor FM.